Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Delaces. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Fantastic. How are you, Bilal? <laughs> I am doing pretty good myself. Thank you for asking. All right. We have a pretty interesting episode this week. Not as uh, crazy news-filled as some of our previous ones, but still, uh, still a lot of stuff that we need to go through nonetheless. All right. Take it away, all right, Blau, are your palms sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy? Is there vomit on your sweater already? Is it mom's spaghetti? No. no. <laughs> nope. Well, uh, the Bengals had an offensive lineman by the name of Jackson Carmen, who left the game in Detroit after he puked on the field. Prior to the game, he had asked Lions fans what food Detroit was known for, and uh, Detroit fans recommended Eminem's new restaurant, Mom's Spaghetti. For reference, Carmen clarified afterwards that he did not, in fact, eat there. That it was just a simple case of, you know, puking on the field. So, <laughs> as one does. Yes. So no, uh, no dissing intended to Eminem's place. Uh, an aerospace engineer kicked a game-winning field goal in London to break a 20-game losing streak. So, uh, props to him. I mean, how how often do you see that happening? Not um, often, but right? also how often do you see a 20-game losing streak? Ah, that's true. It's very special indeed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has found a lot of ways to score touchdowns. He now found a way to avoid penalties. In this case, he avoided taking a, ta- a taunting penalty by taunting the fans instead of other players. This one hurt. <laughs> it still hurts. It's been like three days since. <laughs> kind of creative, isn't it? Uh, but Not at all. I don't like it. <laughs> C.D. Lamb, wide receiver for the uh, Cowboys, waved goodbye in the face of Patriots cornerback Jalen Mills at the end of the game on what was a uh, a walk-off game-winning touchdown, and nobody said anything about it. So uh, clearly NFL rules will remain a mystery to me and to their officials. All right, what would they have done, though? The game was over. We're going (laughs) to put a 15-yard penalty so we can play one other... There was no other play. It was an overtime game that ended. So I don't know. Put him in the timeout corner or something. <laughs> eh, I don't think anything was going to happen. And uh, finally, Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury was out with COVID-19 against the Browns. And so Spencer Whipple was calling the plays instead. But he only made one mistake. He forgot to laminate the call sheet. And that's actually usually his job. So, uh, you know, too many... Too many new responsibilities on his mind, I guess. Yep. Looks like he won't be getting a head coaching job anytime soon. Oh, that's uh, that one of the requirements. <laughs> it might be. All right. What else we got on the agenda below? So, um, Zach Ertz has been traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Arizona Cardinals. And Ooh. this was something we thought might have happened during the offseason, but it didn't. But now it has happened, so... Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of in the works there, for a little bit. But he's been uh, 
he's been a big part of that team. I mean, ever since the, I mean, the whole Super Bowl, of course, just cemented his his status there. Yeah, but after that, that team as a whole has basically declined so fast that um, there's no one left from that. I mean, there are some people, but there aren't many people left from that Super Bowl championship team, and that team as a whole was nowhere near as good as they were during that run. And kind of good for him, though. goes from a team that is not going anywhere with the Eagles to a team that hasn't lost a game yet with the the Cardinals. Yeah, and he's... uh He's definitely going to get some production done over there, even though they have a ton, a ton of playmakers. But you know. Hey, what's one more? Yeah, there we go. He can spread a little bit of love around. He took a full-page ad in the paper, um, and here's a statement from that ad, a piece of it, saying, to be able to come, to be able to celebrate the Lombardi Trophy down Broad Street with millions of you was the greatest thing I've ever experienced in my football career. The joy and happiness with which each individual was tangible, and all I can say is that you guys deserved every single minute of that. And I came here as a kid, and I leave, and I leave here a man forever committed to this city. And that's a l- like just a snippet of what he put in his full-page ad to the Philadelphia Eagles fans when he uh, found out he got traded. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, he he called Philadelphia home, and he's made it clear that he's only going to be leaving temporarily. I mean, they they founded the Earth Family Foundation. They're breaking ground on the House of Hope which is uh, an old church building in Philadelphia that's being converted into a community space. So, I mean, he's he's put a lot into the, the city, and he probably plans to come back after his career. I mean, he's up until this point, his entire career has been with the Eagles, and he came in the league as a second-round draft pick in 2013, and he's second in team history in terms of receptions. So I think he's... Uh, pretty good company and he'll be back yes one day will uh let's move on to some kind of not so great news washington football team sean taylor sean taylor of course the uh the legendary safety much beloved by washington fans and nfl fans and you know he was taken far too soon but um Washington decided to honor them, or honor him, but also... Dishonor him? Dishonor him, yes. Uh, my God, what a mess. Um, I mean, if they were trying to compete with the Houston Texans to see who could be the most dysfunctional team, or I guess even Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, they're, uh, they're definitely trying. Uh, I guess just to give a little bit of summary here, they gave a three-day notice, number one, that they're going to honor Sean Taylor at last week's game, which is, I mean, three-day notice for a legendary player. Why? <laughs> like, how? There's a quote here from uh, the current Washington football team president, Jason Wright, who said, quote, we thought that saving the news for a game week reveal was the best way to focus the meshes on Sean and his legacy. Like, no. 
if if you wanted to focus on John and his legacy, you'd be like, hey, everybody, this is the week we'll be having the the ceremony. Everybody come here with your family and, you know, wear, wear your jerseys and whatnot. But no, they decide to do it three days before the game. Like, hey, surprise, we're going to do this. Um, and then Dan Snyder did a photo with the family. He was wearing a hoodie. I mean, come on. Uh, VIPs were standing on the 21 that was painted on the sidelines. And, of course, that's where this whole Jackson Mahomes dancing on the logo came up, which is, my God, so terrible. Uh, oh, and this happened to be the alumni weekend for Washington. And after all the alumni were listed during halftime, then there was a little speech for Sean Taylor, almost like an afterthought. Um, and the street sign dedicated to Sean Taylor Road was in front of the, in front of the porta potties. I mean, come on. Really? Really? That sums up Washington for you. Okay. I mean, you, how are you going to do them like that? That's... Uh, it's just aggravating. And they're still reeling from all these emails that came out last week. 650,000 emails due to that investigation into the Washington football team. So there's probably going to be a lot more damage coming out in the next, uh, the near distant future from what we know. And this is just their opportunity to try to calm the fires, even though. <laughs> even though helping. they just added to the. They just added to the fires. Exactly. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I guess continuing on, uh, Patrick Mahomes not having a great season? Or maybe you could say his his gunslinging ways are kind of getting him into some Brett Favre-level trouble here. Or maybe he's just having a season like a normal quarterback does from time to time. <laughs> that's that's true. You can't play at peak Patrick Mahomes performance every week, every season. And there's some times where you just got to come back to earth at some point. When you started that sentence, I thought you were going to say, Pat maybe Patrick Mahomes is just having a midlife crisis. That's what my brain filled in for you. And I was just like, that's a weird thing for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, it could be. Yeah, uh, so his mom had uh, posted on Twitter that those interceptions that he's been throwing recently should all be blamed on not him, but everybody else, mainly. That's um, not how this works. Yeah, it's, I mean, I get the point. She's his mom. She wants his stats to be pristine, but... You know, the league's been around a long time. There's been a lot of quarterbacks, and there's been a lot of interceptions that are ricocheting off people's faces. <laughs> cough, cough, Jamal Adams. Uh, <laughs> there's only one person on the t on the field responsible to throw the ball, so... Um. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the way it goes. It's, it's a football team for a reason. There's no I in team. Yes, you could say there's a me. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> All right, continuing on. So this week is a uh, 
quote unquote revenge week, Trenton. Revenge. But who is getting revenge on who? Uh that's a good point. Could it be the team that has a winning record or the team that has a losing record? <laughs> Personally, I think it's the team that has the losing record because for context here. The Los Angeles Rams are playing the Detroit Lions this week in Los Angeles. And as we discussed this when it happened, but the Los Angeles Rams and Detroit Lions recently flip-flopped quarterbacks this this past offseason in in a trade. And one of them is doing outstanding, and one of them is doing not so good. Yeah, I mean... To be fair, Jared Goff, he's making the best of a situation that's not entirely fantastic. I mean, he's had some kind of bad luck, like Justin Tucker summoning the strength of legs of all kickers in NFL history and just nailing a game-winning record-setting field goal. But, I mean... Yeah, um, so Los Angeles... Head coach Sean Sean McVay said that he wishes the communication with Jared Goff was better before they ended up trading him to the Lions. And basically, Jared Goff never um, got any information that he was being traded until he was traded. There was no discussions around it, and then they didn't really talk to him even after he was traded. He just moved on to, to Detroit. So... Uh, the Rams really messed up that, and for a guy who was thought to have been their franchise quarterback, who was selected first overall by the team not so long ago, and he played outstanding a couple years ago, led him to the Super Bowl, had a couple off years since, but never really thought that he would be out of there. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it just goes to show that it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of, you know, franchise quarterbacks that are coming around anymore. I mean, you know, it was always thought Carson Wentz would be a franchise quarterback, and he's moved on now to the Colts. And, you know, there's it just doesn't seem like they're really staying around much. They're all moving around. I mean, what's, what's the last really franchise quarterback? You can remember. I mean, mainly Dak. I'm thinking, yeah, Dak, Russell Wilson, even Ben Roethlisberger. But it just seems like there's there's nobody really like that around coming through the ranks, you know? Derek Carr, probably. True. Even he's not that. Although they've, uh, they've talked a lot about, you know, moving on from him. So it's like. True. Yeah. It just seems like. Uh, Almost like quarterback is becoming expendable now. And all, yeah, exactly. Weird. And all the and all the people that we mentioned who we would consider to be franchise quarterbacks, a lot of them are getting older now, and they're right kind of at the end tail end of their career. So, um, but the game's in Los Angeles though, so we'll see. Will the fans in Los Angeles react well to Jared Goff coming back, or will they treat him? They're probably not going to treat him the way that Tom Brady was treated when he came back to Foxborough, but... um, (laughs) Cheered and then booed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Rams... (laughs) He spent five years there. 
Right. And the Rams traded up 15 spots in 2016 to get him at number one. So, and then when McVay came in in 2017, they won two division titles and an NFC championship game. Losing in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. But it he had success. So was it was a great no. But there's some things that no matter what the situation is, you have to deal with in a professional manner. And the Rams trading away Jared Goff was not done in that way. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff both understand it's a, it's a business league. And, you know, they'll just go about their business and do what they can for the team that they're on and try and win for them. Do you know the story of how Matthew Stafford and Sean, Bay, Sean McVay met? Weren't they on vacation together somewhere? Yep. They were vacationing in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. At the same time, the same place. It's uh, it's really coincidental. <laughs> and Stafford was already looking for a way out of Detroit. And now he's, he's a Ram. He is now ranked third in touchdown passes with 16. And yeah. So yeah. finds himself on one of the most explosive offenses in the league. After being stuck in Detroit for so long. Right. You now Jared Goff is getting a taste of what it means to play for the, the, the Detroit Lions, even with a new head coach who um, gave a, a mind-boggling speech about kneecaps that one time. Yeah, but I mean, they're... They're fighting hard, and you got to commend them for that. It's just I get, they're going to have to go through a rebuilding process, although it feels like every, every year previously they've been through a rebuilding like how process. How many times can you rebuild? I mean, the Browns had to do it for almost the entire time from our our birth until now. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, better better late than never, I suppose. Or never. Or never. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of never, <coughs> Houston Texans. <laughs> uh, the Houston Texans have moved on. They have released their standout pass rusher, Whitney Merciless. First of all, can we just say Whitney Merciless? Such a cool name. Such a cool name. You planning to change your name to that? No, I don't have that coolness factor to me. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, they can only be one Whitney Merciless. <laughs> um, he was drafted in the first round in 2012. Wow, 2012. That feels like so long ago. It feels like he's been in the league not for that long. He, he seems, the name seems like a young guy to me. When you put the year in context, you think 2012, and then you look at the current year, and you're like, wait, that was yeah. nine years ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But, um... Yeah, he restructured his four-year, $54 million deal this year to make him an off-season at the end of the season. But Houston Texans decided, oh, you're one of our best remaining players. We don't need you. 
They just threw him out of the locker room. So, uh, yep, he's going to go find a contender. Uh, I believe the latest rumor. Not sure if it's true or not, but I suppose that's why it's a rumor. But latest rumor is that he might be going to the Green Bay Packers, which is terrifying. I hope not. Yep. Keep him out. <laughs> Send him to Tampa after this week, please. Send him to Tampa, but specifically after this week? Yes, sir. Yeah, but um, it's good for Whitney Merciless. He gets to escape from whatever the Texans are becoming or have already become. But he's uh very popular with the Houston Texans fans and the community. He's done a lot for the community. So it's just it's an odd move by the Houston Texans, honestly. But I cannot pretend to understand them. Yep. Moving on, the um, the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> have won a game. Oh, I saw you had to take a moment to compose yourself there based on just but how crazy. The game was not won within the boundaries of the United States of America. <laughs> within the boundaries. <laughs> the game was one on a last-second field goal that Trenton mentioned earlier in London. In London. And it is the first time in the past 399 days. They couldn't have just rounded it up to 400 or waited another day? Nah. First time in 399 days that the Jaguars won a game after losing 20 Two zero consecutive games. Oh man! The last time they won a game was the against the Indianapolis Colts in the twenty twenty season opener. That was um, wasn't Gardner Minshew third pick? <laughs> I believe so, because I don't know who else would be. <laughs> but of course, their head coach, Urban Meyer, who has been recently in the news for unfortunate reasons. <laughs> unfortunate. Was emotional during his post-game interactions. And he says... Ah, he says, I think it was. Maybe including some of those big ones in referring to national championship games. He's... This quote is in context to the intensity he experienced and the emotion that he experienced winning his first game as a professional head coach after, I mean, only having five previous attempts at it. Only five. No, only five. Uh, I mean, it's, it's good for him. You know, he finally... What's the saying? Get, got the monkey off his back? But, I mean... And it's the Jaguars, though. They'll be losing again probably next week. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's a good step for Trevor Lawrence. So, taking a step forward in his NFL they journey. He almost lost it, though. He yeah. He came down, like you said earlier, to a 53-yard field goal by Matthew Wright. And yeah. Wright had only signed on the practice squad... Uh, recently and was the kicker the past three weeks because their previous kicker josh lambeau was dealing with confidence issues yeah who they released 
right after that game. And he was the most accurate kicker in the team history. So, mm-hmm. just goes to show you what type of team Jacksonville has been running. Yeah, I mean, I think Lambeau will find himself another job somewhere. Mason Crosby's still uh, with the Packers, but they stuck with him after yeah. his confidence issues uh, last year or two years ago, and then his little uh, relapse into missing this year. But yeah, it's I mean, the Jaguars apparently hadn't even made a field goal in the first five games. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And then Wright goes three for three against the Dolphins, including a 54-yarder early in the fourth quarter. How do you not make a field goal in the first five games of a season? Uh, I mean, I know how. Yeah. <laughs> You're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I think Lambo only attempted, like, three field goals or something. In yeah, those but he still he apparently missed all of them. Yeah. Wait, wait, is that in the game or, or in before this game? Oh, before. Oh, before, okay. Because he made three for, he went three for three in the game. Who, Lambo? Lam- no, right, sorry. Ah. Yeah, Lambo had missed. I think all his field goal attempts. Well, that would that'll d- derail and your confidence. And they only had like three field goal attempts for him, which means the offense just wasn't even getting into field goal territory. I no, yeah. But yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate for him. But hopefully, he'll find another spot. <laughs> we shall see. All right, moving on to uh, Trenton's injury. Injury segment. Injury roundup. Yep. So, biggest news. Baker Mayfield is now going to miss the game against the Broncos. Casey Keenum starts again for Kevin Stefanski. Let's give a little background on Casey Keenum's journey here. Yeah. Oh, I thought you... <laughs> uh, no, you. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to take it. All right, well, Casey Keenum has experience in the Kevin Stefanski system because he was with uh, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski when they were in Minnesota. Vikings. This is, is this 2017? 2017 went all the way to the NFC Championship game. Yes. It was the uh, the Minneapolis miracle that he was a part of. So and then he was forgotten about ever since. Yep. And then he went to the Washington football team, uh, I believe, one or two years before they became football team. Because before that, they were a name that is now redacted. <laughs> <laughs> and he made a stop with Denver. Oh, that's right. He did make a stop with Denver. But Martin's like a self-proclaimed Denver super fan, and he still <laughs> doesn't know. Uh, you see, the Broncos fans forget about those years. <laughs> forget about forget about all the years after Peyton Manning retired. Yes, it's been uh, Peyton Manning, and after that, nobody else. Peyton Manning was able to make it into the Hall of Fame with his five-year wait, and then we still haven't found the quarterback <laughs> of the future. Oh, no. Well, we'll see. Maybe maybe Teddy Bridgewater will be the one. There's maybe. hope. But, yeah, Casey Keenum has familiarity with the system, and uh, Vic Fangio, head coach for the Broncos, has familiarity with uh, Casey Keenum from their time together in the wonderful chilly NFC North. Yep. 
and continuing on, Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox fractured his hand in the loss against the Tennessee Titans, but fascinating enough, he was still able to throw a successful two-point conversion pass to Josh Allen, even though he's fractured that hand, which is... That must, that must have hurt. Yeah, I mean... Just a little. When, when you see it in-game... It was not a pretty pass by any means at all, but well, it I got mean, there. You could have, you could have just assumed that because he's a tight end, he doesn't throw the ball usually. But knowing that he threw it in a broken hand is uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo special. The Buffalo special. Yeah. Um, Tennessee Titans. Left tackle Taylor Lewan, big guy. He was evaluated for a concussion and had to be carted off the field, which is uh. Honestly, it's a. I think that should be the way it, generally that you'd take somebody off the field. I mean, it takes a little more time, but you know, if they're injured, you know, that's that's what I always found weird is that when they have a leg injury or you know lower body injury or just some kind of injury and they're you know hobbling off the field in pain, can you just get a cart for them or have somebody carry them? I mean. I mean, probably the cart would be better for a left tackle because <laughs> probably need half the medical staff to be able to help them without a cart. But, yeah, it's just... <laughs> that's that's my little uh, my little rant about injuries, on-field injuries. I'll Trenton just leave it there. will be leading the initiative now to revamp all injury protocols <laughs> from here on out. I, I need to put in a disclaimer now. Uh, I am not a doctor. I am not a medical professional. <laughs> but I'm a concerned fan. Concerned fan. Yes, there we go. Thank you, Bilal. And uh, I guess finally in the injury news, David Pakhtiari for the Green Bay Packers will be making his first uh, practice after his ACL tear, which is... And Rodgers' best buddy is back. Yep, his his best buddy on the left side, which is going to be good for him. Not so great for all the other pass rushers in the NFL, but good good for Rodgers. Yep. Moving on to NFL power rankings, and looks like the first overall first team has uh, changed again. We're coming in number one with the Arizona Cardinals, previously number two. Number two. Previously number one was the Buffalo Bills. Number three, same as last week, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number four, same as last week, the Dallas Cowboys. Number five, up two spots from last week is number is the Baltimore Ravens. Green Bay Packers still number six. Los Angeles Rams moving up to number seven, up one spot. Los Angeles Chargers moving down three spots to number eight. Kansas City Chiefs moving up to number nine by one spot. Tennessee moving up two spots to number ten. Not that many changes. No, it seems pretty steady. Seems like we get into that part of the season where it doesn't really uh, move up or down that much, but it's it's good to see some consistency now. Um, Tennessee snuck into the top ten though. Yeah, and that was uh that was a big win by them. I mean it wasn't really uh wasn't a perfect win, but I mean Derrick Henry 
three touchdowns at home. It was uh it was wild. And, you know, they kinda stuck snuck away with that victory. We'll I believe we'll be talking about this game a little bit later. But yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that for now. You got Derrick Henry on your team who runs and moves like a freight train and there's no way to take him down. He's like the modern day Christian Okoye. There you go. Looking at the rest of this list, a lot of teams are staying the same. Um, but the Colts moved up six spots to number 18. Carolina dropped five spots to number 19. The Bears um, stayed the same at 23, um, which is interesting. Falcons, Washington, New York Giants all stayed the same at 25, 26, and 27, respectively. Jacksonville Jaguars have moved up four spots, Trenton. It's a miracle. Four spots. A miracle. A true miracle. They went from 32 to 28. But that means at number 32 comes in the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. Oh, man. I mean... When is uh when's Tarod Taylor coming back? Do we know? Do they know? Does anybody know? <laughs> I don't think Tarod Taylor wants to come back. Uh I mean Davis Mills has gotten a lot of experience. He's the future, man. <laughs> he is the future. He is the future. But the future is not now. <laughs> In their past two road games. The Texans were outscored seventy-one to three. Yeah, it's they might as well like let half the team just not show up, <laughs> which is basically what happened. Well, it's either half the team not showing up because they're they're injured, or half the team not showing up because they're tossing them all out of the locker room. That punter probably should get a, like a a raise because the amount of punts he's probably doing. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who I knows mean, with the Texans? They've only lost five games in a row. It can't be that bad. <laughs> can't be that bad. <laughs> can't oh. be that bad. Oh, you're funny, Bilal. Starting off the season one and zero and losing five in a row. Eek. Yeah, I mean, at least they got that one win, so they <laughs> they can't get any worse than than that. Well, moving on to quarterback rankings. Dak Prescott is your number one, and number he's moved up two spots. Tom Brady has dropped one spot to number two. Kyler Murray up two spots to number three. Lamar Jackson stays at four. Derek Carr moves up two spots to number five. Mahomes stays at six. Josh Allen up one to seven. Justin Herbert dropping six spots from number two to number eight. Matthew Stafford up three spots to number nine, and Aaron Rodgers closing out the top ten while re- by remaining at number ten. Wow, it's a little bit of movement, a little bit of movement in this top ten so far. What I find crazy is that Kyler Murray is leading the league in completion percentage. I mean, how 
how crazy is that? That he's doing better than the likes of Tom Brady, who is going to be considered one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I mean, Murray's already thrown for 1,741 yards. So while keeping a completion percentage of 73.8, that... um, that's that's impressive, right? And to be throwing the ball that much and completing it that much, people are. I mean, it helps when you have top talent on the field all the time, but still. Yep. I mean, wow, Kyler Murray. Critics will say, I can't believe he's able to see over the top of the lineman in the pocket. <laughs> How can he complete a pass if he can't see anybody? He gets outside the pocket. There we go. (laughs) Moving on, looking down this list. Jimmy Garoppolo went up even though he... (laughs) Even though he's uh, not playing? (laughs) His mind powers are... uh, His mind powers are helping him out there. Yeah, but... I think they're going back to him. I think he's good to go now. So that's why he's on the list. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. This will be something I have to dive into more. I just saw this on the list, and I was kind of surprised. But um, the last-ranked quarterback on this list is none other than Zach Wilson of the New York Jets. Wow. I mean, I can't. I can't believe that it's uh, Zach Wilson and not Davis Mills, but I mean... if Oh, don't worry. He's number 31. (laughs) That's true, but Zach Wilson, the quarterback who everybody projected to be the next Patrick Mahomes in terms of backyard gunslinging ability, it's, it's not been good for him. Yeah, but he went to the Jets, so... Yep. I mean, oh, hopefully yeah, no. hopefully they can turn the ship around sooner rather than later. One can only hope. All right, moving on to games, Trenton. The first game that is on our agenda to discuss for this past weekend is the Pittsburgh Steelers and Seattle Seahawks. Wow. So this is one of the... Uh, the many overtime games that we had this past week, which is already crazy enough given that in the first few weeks of the season, we've already had multiple candidates for game of the year. But uh, Pittsburgh Steelers ran away with this one early. Seattle came back near the end. Geno Smith was leading the charge, and he was playing pretty well for the most part. Yeah, Geno Smith. (laughs) Geno Smith. (laughs) I mean, when you're sitting behind Russell Wilson for, like, the past three years, you pick up on a lot of things, and it did look a lot like elements of Russell's game was in that, uh, was being incorporated by Geno. But what happened in this game wasn't really what happened in the beginning, middle, or even... Like within the past four, the last four minutes, it's what happened in the last seconds of this game. Yeah, below, I know you have uh, some thoughts about that. 
I mean, it just changed. I don't know if I have a take on it per se. It's just that you wanna you wanna give some context here to what happened, and then we can expand onto it. All right. Well, you see, it all started when DK Metcalf. Oh, that's an, that's another whole story about DK Metcalf that we're. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to cover, but he gets a pass from Geno Smith with uh, I believe eight about eighteen seconds left, and he turns up the field to run. Bad idea. Of, instead of going out of bounds, gets the ball punched out. It's a mad scramble dive for for the football. Seattle is barely able to get it back, and then as they're scrambling to get set to spike the ball. It's, I, I can't even describe it. Like they ran, <laughs> just like madness. They literally ran the ball themselves to the middle of the field to get it set. And as they're about to get it set, and Gino's going to snap it and spike it, he spikes it with one second. But right before he could actually uh, snap it, the ref blows his whistle and says, we're going to review the previous play to see if it was a catch. Even though yeah. it clearly was. And that just messed up all the timing. Because Seattle didn't have any timeouts. There was just one set. There was just seconds left in the game. And then that, that stopped the whole game. So, yeah. It's it's like, um, what was it? What was that situation? Was it last year? Where, was it Alex Smith who, who took the football with him? <laughs> when he left the field, I think so. He le- he took the football with him, and then the officials are like, "Where's the ball? Where's the ball? <laughs> we can't yeah. get the ball. We gotta stop the game. We gotta get the ball." <laughs> I mean, it's a logical move, but the refs decided to to review a play that did not need to be reviewed. But uh, and it uh, in the end, the result came into what we all thought was gonna happen. The Jets. I'm mean, not the Jets. Sorry. Thinking Gino, and then I think Jets. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, the Seahawks spiked it with one second left, but the stadium clock in this in Pittsburgh was reading d- triple zeros, meaning game over, and everyone thought the game was over when it wasn't, and it ended up going into overtime. So, can the game clock operator please reset the game clock to two seconds? <laughs> That's the worst thing anyone <laughs> wants to hear. And then that that also just gave. The Seahawks enough time to properly get set because the game clock was going to start when the official uh, told them to start. But at that point, they were all lined up. No one was rushing around, and they were able to properly spike the ball. So, Yeah. But then the, it doesn't really matter in the end because the Steelers went off and won the game in overtime. But if the Steelers lost that game, everyone will be blaming the officials like they always do, and sometimes it is highly justified to do that. So, yeah, I mean, as as much of the hero as Geno Smith was, all the way at the very end, he uh, coughed up the football right in at uh, I believe Seattle's thirteen, Seattle's thirteen or sixteen, recovered yep. by the Patriots or not the Patriots, the Steelers, <laughs> getting the peas mixed up, Pittsburgh and Patriots, but uh. Steelers are able to sneak away with a victory that, you know, 
at the end of the game, it didn't look like they were going to be able to sneak away with it. Yes, sir. And now we're moving on to the Bills and the Titans. Oh, man. Derrick Henry, man, is just... Unstoppable. Freight train. Yeah, it's... um. He, he can break loose at any moment. And when he breaks loose, no one's catching him. 75-yard touchdown he had in this game. Yeah, it was... It was wild. I mean, it looked like he was surrounded by Bill's defenders, and then he just accelerates into another gear, and he just outstrides everybody. Oh, he's fast. And the, so the, fast. the whole team knows, the whole stadium knows where the ball's going. It's just that no one has ever been able to come up with an answer for him. Mm-hmm. Which I'm happy because Derrick Henry is my running back on my fantasy team. So, um, <laughs> keep going at this, please. But it was a it was a hard fought game between both sides, and it just came down to who could who could do better at the end. Right, and um, I guess you could go all the way all the way at the very end on the final drive for the Bills because they were down 31-34 to 34 and a field goal would have tied it. They were at a 4th and 1 at the Titans 3-yard line. I mean, do you, do you kick a field goal there and hope for overtime? Or do you trust your players and go, you know, high-risk, high-reward kind of thing? And they went high risk, high reward. Honestly, if it was me in that situation, I would have. And we're down at fourth down, and we're in that field position. I kicked the field goal. I would as well. Just live another play, live another, live another possession, because unless something drastically happens in overtime, you're guaranteed to lose one possession. So. Right. I mean. Just take it and move on. You're not gonna lose the game, but if you don't make it, game over. You're done. Yeah. A lot of people said. You know, wow, what a what a great choice by by Sean McDermott to trust his players. You know, show that show that he trusts his players and go well, for the risk and you know try and go put, for it. Put your players in a better position. Let them play in overtime. In the end, you want the win. How you get the win doesn't matter. Just play it safe. Play it strategically and give your team the best opportunity to win the game. Yeah. It's it's just one of those decisions where if he goes for it and he makes it and they win the game off of that, then he's hailed a hero. But if if he doesn't, if he plays it safe and they lose in in overtime or something, I mean, he's, when it goes wrong, you it just goes ca- wrong. Yeah, you just can't get it right. But that's why it's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we had a a booger McFarland moment. <laughs> I mean, you did. <laughs> I definitely did. <laughs> uh, sorry, Booger, if you're listening. Yes, sorry, Booger. Also, sorry to the uh, officials. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, because we're about to get into the n- again. <laughs> oh, here so, we go. Uh, so this past week, the Bears played the Packers for their 203rd meeting and the 50th meeting at Soldier Field. And for a good moment... It looked like this Bears team could come away with a victory. It was close. 
it was close. At one point, the Bears were winning 7-0, to zero, and at the other point, they came back to win 17-14. to 14. But then, Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does, and I will not say anything more because I can't. It still hurts, and it's been like three days after. But um, Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert. What a surprise, man. The unsung hero with David Montgomery still injured. And Damian Williams out. The rookie quarterback, sixth-round draft pick, has proven to be a success and another late-round gem found by general manager Ryan Pace in the draft. Yeah, he's he's a good fit, I think. Um, You know, I don't know if they're slating him to be a replacement for... David Montgomery, you know, maybe a few years when David Montgomery's contract is over and he's looking for more money, or if they want to keep the two of them as a kind of one-two punch. But I like the one-two punch thing. Keep yeah. both of them fresh, gives them opportunities. But he was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. That's very true. The officials in this game, I believe they need glasses. There were some, we'll call them questionable calls. Oh, questionable? When a man is asking for a timeout, you give him the timeout if he has a timeout to ask for. Well, what did these officials do? I think they looked at him and they laughed and said, have fun with that. (laughs) It's basically what happened. Justin Fields, towards the end of the first half, asked for a timeout and didn't get it. He, he was just looking around in confusion, you know, doing doing the timeout signal with his hands and looking around. It's like, uh, timeout? Timeout? That ended up in a delay nope. game penalty, which then resulted in the sack, which resulted in the Bears not getting any points out of the, at the end of the first half. Which, imagine if those three points came in here, we got those three points, then that could have changed part of the game up. Yeah. It's just, uh... And the play where Justin Fields throws an interception because he thought it was a free play because I thought it, you thought it, Fields thought it, that the Packers defender was offsides. Yeah. Apparently he wasn't, according to the referees, because they didn't throw the flag. It's just... It's really odd. It was a really odd game in terms of officiating. Just calls that were missed or... Or calls that were made. And it's just, I don't know. So weird. So weird to me. And there's still a lot of developmental going on with Justin Fields. But you can see over these past few weeks how he is making progress. And there's a good running game now to accommodate and help him. Defense is still playing well. The NFL is leading sack team, I believe, resides in Chicago. Um, and we got Mack and Robert Quinn who are leading the charge, leading the team in sacks. So it's good. It's a good defense with a good running game and a quarterback who's developing and I think will be in a good position moving forward. And again, we get to play the Packers again this year. So it isn't a one-time thing. Uh, I think when that time comes, we'll be more we'll be better equipped to um, handle them and hopefully we get better refs this time around. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that. I think you uh, 
think you wrapped that up pretty well, unlike Eddie Jackson and his tackling. Oh. That's, a, that's a story for another time. Oh. All right, time to go to picks. Picks. You want to give a recap of uh, where you stand? Yeah. Uh, so, last week, Bilal, you have made up some ground. You made up one game. Of course, that's not impressive from the, the high view, but when you delve into the picks that we had made last week in that we only differed on, like, two, three games, something like that, and you nailed one of them, very nice. Shivering away at that lead, Trenton. <laughs> Coming closer and closer. Yep. So you are, you went eight and six last week. I went seven and seven. You are currently at 58 to 36. I am at 64 to 30. So you are only six games behind. We'll see where this week lands us. Up first is the Broncos at Browns. Broncos at Browns. Now this one. Is going to be interesting because... No Baker. No Baker. That's right. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Broncos on this one, even though... Pick the Browns. All right. I see. I see. I like that. What's your reasoning? I cut you off. What's your reasoning? Well, I mean, I don't know how Case Keenum's going to play, but I expect Bridgewater and the Broncos to be able to bounce back. Hmm. My reasoning is what we discussed earlier is that Keenum's familiarity with Stefanski. I mean, he's been around there for a few years, too, so isn't like he just showed up out of nowhere. So, we'll see. That's true. Panthers at Giants. Gonna take the Panthers on this one. Same here, Panthers. Jets at Patriots. 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 <laughs> Chiefs at Titans. Oh, this one's gonna be difficult. I wanted to pick the Titans here, but... Actually, no. I'm going to take the Titans. <laughs> there you go. Sticking to your gut. Taking the Chiefs. All right. Washington and Packers. <laughs> There's no way I can pick Washington. I'm going to go with the Packers. Packers. Falcons and Dolphins. Uh, going to go with the Dolphins here. Going Falcons. All right. Dolphins coming off of the London game and the jet lag and just how bad the team has been playing overall. Yeah. All right. Bengals at Ravens. Going to go with the Ravens. Same here. Lions at Rams. 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 Eagles at Raiders. 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 Surprise, Surprise pick there. <laughs> Texans at Cardinals. <laughs> Cardinals. <laughs> Cardinals. The J.J. Watt revenge game. The J.J. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins. And, uh... uh anyway, <laughs> anyone David, else? David Johnston. There we go. <laughs> Bears at Buccaneers. I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, same here. Hoping for the best. Colts at 49ers. Ooh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is back, this is going to be an interesting one. I, I'm i going to go with Jimmy G and the 49ers. And then to close off, we have the Saints at Seahawks. Uh, Saints. Jameis Winston time. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. All right. Did you choose for uh, Colts 49ers? Oh, I'm taking the Colts in that game. All right. There's a... Uh, man, what's what's going on with this week, Bilal? <laughs> Picking <laughs> everything opposite from me? What? <laughs> Trying to... Yeah. Are Gotta you going to make some way to uh, 
<laughs> catch up and cut into your lead. So yeah, it's gonna be uh an interesting week, I think. That's definitely gonna have some upsets. I mean, it feels like every week there's some some surprise upsets, but I don't know this this week in particular feels like there's a lot of kind of mid tier teams that uh-huh. could go either way. Mm-hmm. So. It's only Wednesday right now, Trenton, but the rumor wire is saying that Garoppolo will be likely playing this week. All right. So. Well, I'm sure they'll still use Trey Lance and whatever. They'll go back to what package. the original plan was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of making him the guy, he'll be able to come in in situational plays as necessary. Instead of being the guy, they'll make him half of the guy. There we go. <laughs> they'll rotate him in every other play. <laughs> Now you got Jimmy. Now you got Lance. Now you got Jimmy. Now you got Lance. Now you got, got both, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was man. good. All right. Great, well, way to, great way to end the show. Great, great way to end the show indeed. Well, Bilal, this has been uh, this has been another fun episode. Yes, sir. We'll be back next week with our next another episode if anyone's missed any part of the live recording of the show the show will be up in its podcast form as it always has been we hope you have a great rest of the week don't forget to follow us at bill mallard 15 and trenton underscore cedo please stay safe and enjoy another week of football now you have both of them <laughs>